You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Take your Bible, if you would, go to John or Mark chapter number 9 and put your finger there. Mark chapter number 9. And these will be the springboard verses for the message this morning. In Mark chapter number 9, but John chapter 3, verse number 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed on the, on the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. And then Mark chapter number 9, and verse number 24, we have the event of a man who is bringing his son to Christ. He brings his son who is a demon-possessed man. As I, as I read this passage of Scripture, such a tragic event, having a child that was demon-possessed, and I can't even imagine the, the heartache that that would create as a parent. I mean, just, just a wayward child is, is such a weight. It is such a broken heart, uh, just a, a huge weight that a parent would carry. And then here to have one not only just um, wayward, we're talking about one who is possessed with a demon. And, and, I, and I think about that, that great weight that this family was carrying. I think also of the humiliation and embarrassment they probably experienced every day. Can you imagine taking your child somewhere and all of a sudden they are casting themselves into the fire and trying to destroy themselves and people look at you like, what's wrong with you? Didn't you teach your child? Have you ever been in the grocery store and your child was one of those children <laughs> and the immediate response has nothing to do with now this is not the right way to act it is you are embarrassing me and you better stop it I'm going to take you out <laughs> and I imagine that this man had gone through many of those emotions and problems and he brings his son to Christ and in verse number 24 we find this uh, response and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears Lord I believe help thou mine unbelief and the Lord said Lord told him with God all things are possible if you believe faith and he's saying, listen, if you, want, if you want this to happen, all of this is possible. It is, all, it is all based on faith. And the Lord said, or the man said, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. You know, in the last year and a half, all of our faith has been tried. Hasn't it? 
I mean, the things that were just normal, common, everyday, how we live, how we act, what we do, our schedule, our plans. In the last year and a half, everything's been thrown in the air. And now when we feel like, okay, we're starting to pick up some of the pieces and putting things back into some some resemblance of the new normal, it seems like everything in the world is falling apart even to a greater degree. Not just internationally, but nationally. And then we look around even at our local situation and everything has changed. Yesterday I went out and we had a good group that went out soul winning yesterday and uh, we went out door knocking and the very first door that I knocked on yesterday, the man came to the door. I'm a Satan worshiper. And I talked to him for a few minutes and it wasn't just that he was trying to throw out some shock factor. I wasn't shocked. And we engaged for a little bit and when I finished knocking that area and I came back through, he was outside where I had to walk right by him again and so we had a, another conversation and you know, this world is waxing worse and worse. And it's not just everywhere else, it's even where we live. As a chaplain for the Yuba County Sheriff's Department, I get all of the emails of every shift end. I get all of the bolos, and I see all of the events that are taking place just right in our community. And we see that this world is truly falling apart. And with that, we have to sort of back up and Say, okay, what am I going to grab onto? It's almost like we're getting our feet kicked out from a, below us and trying to have some solid ground on which to stand. Many of you are facing pressures from work. Many of you are facing pressures from family. Maybe you're even facing just pressures within your own self. And, and our faith is coming to a place where we have to keep almost resetting everything. Bringing it back. Okay, what do I believe? And here as I look, I find this man who said, Lord, I believe... Help thou my unbelief. You know, our faith isn't as strong as we would hope it to be. The things that I would have never questioned, I find myself questioning. The things that I sort of thought were established, sometimes I have to back up and say, okay, is, where do I, where do I, 
where do I stand on this? Where am I going to draw those lines? You know, we are having to redraw some lines. What am I going to allow and what am I not going to allow? What am I going to do and what am I not going to do? And this morning, I want to speak to you on the subject, I believe. I believe. And we're not going to go into a full dissertation of everything I believe, uh, because I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, But no, uh, it's not that we are going to go there. I'm just going to give you three things this morning that that I have just looked at in my own life that I grab a hold of to try to keep me focused the right way. Things to just grab a hold of that will help me not get shaky in my faith. And so this morning, I'm going to speak to you on that subject, I believe. Father, I pray that you'd bless now. I look, look out this morning at uh, these people that are here and those that are watching online. And, and Lord, we recognize we have a great need for you. And so this morning, as we open up your word, as we look into it, I pray that our, uh, our minds, our, our hearts would be helped. I pray that you would strengthen our faith. I pray that you would uh, help us to just uh, be settled in a few areas, just to uh, try to get a, a semblance of direction to, we don't, to where we don't let everything that's going on around us uh, move us from where we need to be. And so I pray that you'd help us uh, this morning morning, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. As I think about this man who had the, uh, had the, uh, the son who was uh, possessed, uh, I read this story, and every time I read this story, I laugh. It's a tragic story, but there is a statement in here that uh, just causes me uh, to have a little bit of, of humor here. I, I think about this uh, man, and the son was demon-possessed, and uh, as, as this man was, was coming before the Lord and going to tell him of the event, uh, I sort of think that uh, my parents probably had the same type of thought process. Uh, it says here, uh, he said in... Uh, Uh, Let's see what verse it was. He said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. (laughs) And every time I read that, I think about my poor parents. They were probably in that exact same place, probably still uh, at the same time. Uh, My son, which hath a dumb spirit. Uh, But uh, that that just makes me laugh. Uh, But, you know, my pastor always said, "You you only believe that which moves you to action. You know, and when we look at here, this man said, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. What he was saying was that uh, there, there is faith, but my faith is not as solid as I want it to be. My faith is not where I know it needs to be. And, and here he was recognizing that. He said, I, uh, he said uh, the Lord said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. And his response was, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And, you know, if we only uh, believe that which moves us to action, then our belief system is always changing. Because our actions keep changing. And if our actions and our responses to everything in the world keep changing, 
Did my belief system change? And so here, as I look at it, our belief system has been tested in so many ways that we're having to stop and evaluate and examine if we really believe what we say we believe. Because if we really believe what we say we believe, then we will stand true. Isn't that right? If we really believe what we say we believe, then we won't change. We won't, we won't allow the pressures of the world to sway us. So, you know, it's not enough to believe what my pastor taught me. It's not enough to believe what, uh, what my predecessors taught me. It's not enough to believe what my professors taught me. And to be honest, it's not enough to believe just what my parents taught me. At some point, I have to know what I believe. And my belief system has to be solid so I can respond in the way that the Lord would want me to believe. And so we're just going to look at a couple things this morning. Uh, what do I believe? Uh, so I believe, number one, I believe in redemption. I believe in redemption. I believe that Jesus Christ, the sinless Son of God, came to this world to die on the cross for the lost souls of sinful man. And I believe that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And I believe in redemption. I believe that, that the lost who die without Christ are going to spend an eternity without God in a literal place called hell. I believe that. I believe that. I believe that uh, the people that reject Jesus Christ and who do not put their faith in Christ for salvation have no hope of heaven. That's what the Bible tells me. Uh, and I believe that. I believe that each and every person uh, needs to have a time when they put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Uh, none of us are going to heaven because we went to Bible Baptist Church. None of us are going to go to heaven because we are a good person. None of us are going to go to heaven because we live a good life or put money, well, maybe, uh, no, put money in the offering plate. No, there is no way that you and I can earn or merit salvation. If we could earn our salvation, then there was no need for Jesus Christ uh, to come to this earth and live that sinless life and die uh, as a propitiation. He died in our place, a substitutionary death uh, on our behalf, the second or last Adam, as the Bible calls him, Jesus Christ died for us so we could be saved. We could be redeemed. We could be bought, bought back. And I believe in redemption. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. That's why Jesus came. Was for people to be saved. The redemptive process. Redemption is the act of being bought back. Uh, it is that uh, process. It is the release of people, of property, of possessions from bondage through the payment of a debt. 
And Jesus Christ was the one that came to this earth to pay my sin debt. Uh, he came to this earth to pay your sin debt. He came to this earth to pay the sin debt of the entire world. And then he offers that gift of salvation to whosoever will may come and take of the water of life freely. He gave that gift to everybody, but they have to reach out and accept that gift. They have to come to a place where they receive the Lord as their Savior. You see, uh, in, in a world that is changing, what has not changed? Redemption has not changed. Redemption has not changed. The need for you and me uh, to be saved. If you're not saved this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off another day. Don't put it off another day. Don't let that day pass because we know not what a day may bring forth. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And you and I, if you, if you do not have that absolute confidence of your eternal destiny, get it settled today. Get it settled. Get it nailed down. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Uh, I have that confidence. Why? Because I, I was redeemed. I, I know that I've accepted Christ as my personal Savior. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You see, we were condemned already. We were condemned before Christ ever come came. There was the condemnation that was already there. Uh, but you and I, as a believer, uh, we are as a person uh, that is living, he has given us the opportunity to be redeemed. Are you saved this morning? Are you redeemed? If you are redeemed, uh, that is something that is a wonderful gift uh, that God has given us. Uh, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And what a wonderful blessing it is to be a saved, redeemed child of God. Uh, and this, this, uh, uh, th this morning as we stop and look at it, I believe in redemption. And, and because I believe in redemption, we're going to keep going into Marysville and Linda and Olivehurst and uh, to Beale Air Force Base and Penn Valley and Yuba City. And we're going to keep on sending missionaries uh, out into the, the world. Uh, why? Because redemption I believe in redemption. I still believe that people need to get saved. I still believe that those that are not walking in the doors need to be con confronted with the gospel so they can know how, to, how they can go to heaven. We've got to make sure that we're sharing the gospel with this world. I believe in redemption. I believe that people that put their faith in Christ can be saved. Don't you? You see, if I believe in redemption... Now that puts a responsibility on my shoulder. I can't do nothing about it. I've got to do something. You see, if I believe in redemption, then I've got to tell my brother. If I believe in redemption, I've got to tell my sister. If I believe in redemption, I've got to tell my neighbor. If I believe in redemption, I've got to tell uh, a co-worker. Uh, brother David, do you know for sure? No. Uh, if, if, uh, if I believe in redemption, I've got to tell my family. I've got to tell my friends. I've got to tell people that I come in contact with. I've got to pe uh, tell people that come across my path. Why? Because I believe in redemption. And 
as a church, we've got to make sure that we don't allow what is going on in the world around us to cause us to become so introspective and so withdrawn that we forget the mission while we're here. We're here for the same reason that Christ was here. He said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Why has he left us here? He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We call it the Great Commission. Why? Because it, because it is the most important of commissions. Being here this morning in church is not the Great Commission. Now, is it a part of it, the discipleship component? Absolutely. But the focus of the gospel is to go. It is to win. It is to teach. It is to baptize, and it is to teach. Them to go and do that likewise. It is to take the process and move it forward. If you're here this morning and you're sitting here as a saved, redeemed child of God, then with that great blessing comes a responsibility to be a witness for the Savior. We've got to tell somebody. We've got to tell somebody. You know what? Uh, uh, church leadership, uh, those that are uh, staff, we've got to make sure that we are doing our, our best to communicate the goodness of the gospel. Redemption cannot lose focus. We've got to put it back up to a top uh, where we realize the mission of our existence is to tell people about Christ. Uh, the people that are over in Afghanistan, you know what they need? They need the gospel. Uh, Mrs. Brown was just sharing with me. She was reading an article from, uh, from Voices of the Martyrs. And, and as she was communicating, they say that Afghanistan is the largest uh, people group that has not been communicated the gospel message. And you think about the turmoil that they are facing right now. And we think, well, that's not us. America is not exempt. We are, not, we are not promised that our land will be without war. We are not promised that we would be without anarchy. We are not promised that we are going to have safety. It is just a, uh, it is a uh, situation that we have come to embrace because of the, the principles that our nation have followed and the leadership that we have had historically. But what we are seeing today is it's, it's falling apart. You know what? People still need to hear the truth of the gospel. Amen. You know, as a church... There are, I'm, I'm not saying that there aren't other gospel preaching churches in our area, but I know of, I know of one across the river who goes out and knocks on doors and tells people. But I don't know of any others. I'm not saying that there, there aren't, but the only people that I have seen out sharing the gospel are independent Baptists, and the cults. That's all I've seen out. The Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, you see them out, and they are spreading their error. We have got to get out and spread the truth. Uh, you say, Pastor, what do you believe? Oh boy, we're in trouble. I just saw the clock. Well, I'm not in trouble. You are. 
No, uh, let's see. Uh, so what do we believe? I believe, number one, I believe in redemption. Uh, I believe that the Lord still saves. Uh, he that believeth on him is not condemned, uh, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Uh, and so, uh, and this is con- the condemnation, uh, that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. I believe in redemption. Number two, I believe in restoration. I believe in restoration. You know, there are people that have walked away from truth who need to be restored. I believe in restoration. You know, there are They say that the Christian army is the only army that kicks its wounded. And how tragic that so often that is the truth. You know, somebody walks away. One of the great principles that I learned out of the prodigal son was dad stayed at home. The father stayed on the porch. The father stayed at home. So when the, the son decided he wanted to come home, he knew exactly where to go. You know, you and I, as maybe some of our own kids will walk away. Maybe some of our own, well, well people will uh, get away from the faith and uh, get entangled again in the yoke of bondage, and they'll get back into a life of sinfulness, and they'll break our heart. Uh, but let me tell you something. Don't burn the bridges. I believe in restoration. I believe in uh, giving place so people can come back. Uh, giving place where there is that ability. Uh, when we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 7 through 11, the Bible says, Now therefore there is all utterly a fault among you because you go to law one with another. Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Nay, you do wrong and defraud, and that your brethren. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of of God, be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, uh, idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Now, it is not saying that the people that have done those things uh, cannot be saved, and it does not mean that you lose your salvation. Uh, what God is saying here is if you are in that condemned state as a sinner, and that's what he is listing here, he is just listing a sinful state of mankind. And when we are in a sinful state, uh, we have not had our sins forgiven, being washed and justified. At that point, we are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, And so, but with that, we do see that there are people who turn away and walk away from the Lord and get entangled again in that yoke of bondage. And what do we find? We find the destruction that comes. And I believe in restoration. I I believe that relationships can be restored. 
Aren't you glad that God doesn't kick us to the curb? You know, maybe nobody else but the Lord knows our shortcomings and our failures. But he knows them all. And when we come to know somebody else's, let's not cut him off. I believe in restoration. If I didn't believe in restoration, I would not waste another moment in prayer for the wandering. If I didn't believe it was possible, why pray for those that have gone astray? If I didn't believe in restoration, I wouldn't preach to the wayward. Now, we know the wayward are those that aren't here this morning, right? Being facetious. But I wouldn't preach to the wayward if I didn't believe in restoration. I would, I would not waste another moment of counseling. Because counseling is trying to restore relationships. Whether that relationship is with somebody else or that relationship is with God, it's all about restoration. I believe in restoration. Now, if I believe in restoration, you know what that causes me to have? I've got to have a love for people. You know, the Lord said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. We could take our entire Bible and wrap all of the commandments, all of the guidelines. We could wrap all of the teachings up. If we just follow those two, we'll be doing okay. Restoration, it requires love. but injury hurts. You know, the more you love, the more you're hurt. The deeper you love, the deeper the hurt. Sometimes people will build a wall of defense around themselves to protect themselves but in doing so, they also build a wall that will not allow restoration to take place. And maybe that's with a family member. Maybe that's with a friend. Maybe that's with somebody that you have had a relationship with. Let me tell you, I believe in restoration. I need restoration. I wish I could say I've always done everything right. The lack of doing everything right means that restoration is needed. I wish I could say I always said the right thing. Just this morning I was talking to somebody and uh, they brought, brought up an instance recently where I was a little harsh. And I didn't even had no idea. 
You know, restoration is something that God does all the time. And he wants us to as well. You know, we're not, restoration doesn't mean a stamp of approval on wrong. God loves me in spite of me. That's pretty amazing. Restoration. I believe in restoration. With that being the case, if we are going to believe in restoration, then if somebody offends us, we've got to seek restoration. Man, it's quiet. Sort of hits between the eyes, doesn't it? Restoration. When somebody who has walked away comes back, shouldn't be the attitude of, huh, well, I wonder how long they'll be here this time. Hello? Restoration. You know, we, we all have to be in this this, this is something that the Lord cares about. And he wants us to restore. He wants us to, to bring people back. Uh, Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 1 and 2. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. None of us are exempt. Now, the responsibility for restoration was put on the spiritual. Well, I'm going to let them do it. Well, I'll forgive them if they say they're sorry. So where, where, does that, where does that place it? it? It puts it back. It's just revealing our position. We okay? The reality is, we're not all spiritual all the time, are we? Isn't it amazing how things can change? And maybe even with different people, we can be in different spots. He said, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If somebody walks away from the Lord, we want to uh, be uh, embracing so they have that ability to come back uh, and that restoration, the wayward and the wandering and those who get caught up in the wicked wiles of the devil. We need to still be here to where that restoration process uh, can be made. I believe in broken, uh, that, that broken relationships with God can be restored, that broken relationships with family can be restored. I believe that broken relationships with friends can be restored. Uh, most of my time counseling is all dealing with restoration. I believe in redemption. I believe in restoration. Thirdly, this morning, I believe in recovery. I believe in recovery. 
2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 to 26. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto men, all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. Let me tell you something. Uh, we, have a, uh, we have a recovery program, and in our community, there is a great need of recovery program. There's a great need of reaching people. We can just drive down the streets and see all of the broken lives. And, uh, and it's not just people that are on the sides of the street that have brokenness. Some of them are sitting right here, but we just don't want anybody to see it. And here, this brokenness uh, that uh, recovery is so needed. Uh, and, and with that, uh, the, the recovering themselves out of the snare of the devil. You know, you can only help somebody who wants help. But are we willing to help somebody that wants help? If we're not careful, we'll wash our hands of people that are in a different situation than we're, where we're at. You know what, a, what a, a great thing it is to see how God can take and recover a life. A life that was destroyed to becoming a life uh, that is usable, uh, recovery. Uh, so every Friday night, right over here in room 103, uh, Brother Frank leads our re reformers, uh, our RU program, uh, and it is a recovery program. Uh, and with that, uh, we see the goodness. And you know what? It's not just another 12-step program. It's really a one-step program. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, what do we find? Jesus is the one that will restore everything in a person's life. Uh, in uh, uh, John 8, 32, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, a, a, a way of recovery is through a relationship with Christ. He can take the broken and make it whole. He can take the dirty and make it clean. He can put a whole life back together. And what a blessing is we've got, we've been able to see it over and over again. Uh, there is not a person who is living that there's not hope for. Let me say that again and see if we have a little bit of confidence. There isn't a person that's living that there is not hope for. Amen. That's true. He said, oh, you don't know how far they're gone. Uh, there was hope for Lazarus with Jesus. If there was hope for Lazarus, there's hope for anybody. He was dead. And if, if Jesus can fix a dead person, Jesus can definitely put together a live person. Amen? Uh, uh, there was a man that came into our church in Washington uh, years ago. Uh, I was still a teenager. I think I was probably about 15, maybe 16 at the time. His name was Tony. Tony walked into church, and Tony was everywhere. I mean, he was as scattered as scattered could be. I mean, his mind, he was all over the place. He was all amped up, and that made everybody nervous. 
you know, you walk, walk in and you're jumpy and we'd have security everywhere. I mean, it would just be, that's just what would be going on. And this man was all amped up and he's talking. Moms are grabbing their children and pull them away. No, it wasn't quite that bad. But uh, uh, anyway, he was, he was you, could, you couldn't talk to him without recognizing something was wrong. Come to find out, Brother Tony had been in the occult. He had, he had been a part of a life where Satan had destroyed his life. Drugs, demonic oppression. And Tony got saved. And what we saw was miraculous. You were there, you saw it. Tony was all over the place. Our assistant pastor, Brother Steve, he's in heaven today with the Lord now, but he's the one that discipled my dad. Now they're up in heaven studying the Bible together. Brother Steve poured himself into this man. Got him reading his Bible Got him listening to preaching, listening to Alexander Scorby. How many of you know Alexander Scorby? All right. The most monotone reader that could ever have been recorded. Uh, But I used to listen to him as well. But Brother, Brother Steve got Brother Tony listening to the Bible got him listening to tapes. He would listen to the Word of God and, and preaching all day long, every day. And this man who was so scattered, God just gave his mind back. And it was amazing to watch where Brother Tony went from being this guy that was all over the place to singing in the choir, to helping in the Christian school, teaching upper math, ended up surrendering to preach and went to Bible college. It was amazing to see what God did. God gave him his mind back. I believe in recovery. And you know what? Uh, That recovery, uh, it is not just a program. It is lives of people uh, that have been broken and seeing how the Lord will put them back. Uh, I think about Miss Sarah. She's been clean for five years. What a blessing. I think about how how her life was destroyed with drugs. And now she's on staff serving the Lord. What a blessing. What do I, well, you say, Pastor, what's so big about this? Because these are people's lives, and the Lord Jesus Christ gives life. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The thief cometh to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life. And let me tell you, the Lord is a God who can recover the lives that have been broken, the ones that the devil has stolen away uh, their innocence, the one who has stolen away their 
profitability and their usefulness, uh, the lives that have been destroyed with drugs and alcohol, and to be able to see how God can put them back uh, in track and see Miss Sarah's marriage uh, get close again and get to see her with her children uh, and the brokenness that was there. And now she gets to enjoy the blessings of serving the Lord with her whole family. What a blessing. I believe in recovery. Uh, God has given us an opportunity to be engaged in the redemptive process. He has given us an opportunity to be a part of restoration in relationships, but he's also given us a great opportunity to be a part of recovery. I sit in my office this morning and I'm looking out across the parking lot and Gary was out there cleaning everything up, had a blower. He's been up here throughout the weeks and he's been helping with the lawns and maintenance. But his life had been broken with alcohol, drugs. Relationship, Gary, I had no idea you were coming. Relationship, father and son, was not where it needed to be because of his, his waywardness. Gary walked in the door. This morning I got to watch a, a dad and a son hug. I believe in recovery. I believe that no matter how broken somebody's life is, there's hope. You know what, as a church family, you know what we need to have? We need to recognize there is hope. Stores, there's hope. There's hope. No matter what the situation, no matter what the problem, no matter what the person, there's hope. It's just great to see how God can take any of us, no matter how far away we get, and he can put our life right back together. What a blessing. What a joy it is. Now, with that, there is a, a way that we can be a part, and every one of us need not to be spectators. We need to be active and engaged in the process of getting the gospel out to this world. We need to be engaged in restoring relationships. Problems come up. We need to help be restores. And then we need to help recover those that have, have made some bad decisions and lead them to a, a place where their life can, uh, can be restored and recovered out of the snares of the devil. And you know, you and I, we have hope. Let's share that hope. Let's share that hope. Uh, as a church family, it is not just a percentage of us that should be sharing hope. It ought to be all of us. Corporately, collectively, in unity, realizing we're here for such a time as this. Now, this community needs us. I can't change Afghanistan. I have shed tears over the situation. I have prayed for those people. I've prayed for the families of those 13 that were just lost this week. But I can't change them. And if I'm not careful, I can get angry. And if I'm not careful, I can just get withdrawn. And I can just say, nothing matters. Or I can just stop and say, you know what? There are some things that I do believe. 
and these are areas that I can be engaged in. These are areas that I can do something about. And so all of us need to be a part of the process. Are you saved this morning? Are you saved? Amen. Then let's do something about it. Let's not stand by. Let's not watch. Let's not be a, a, a spectator. Let's not just be uh, somebody that's, that's an observer of what is going on. Uh, we can't be an observer. We've got to be uh, engaged in this battle. There is a spiritual battle going on, and you and I need to be a part of it. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, accept him today. Accept him today. He will forgive every sin that you've ever committed. He will take that status of condemned and he will give you a new status. It's called justified, redeemed, to where that sin debt is not owed any longer. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. You know the needs of each person. Help us, Lord, as we look at uh, the world that you have placed us in. And, Lord, the opportunities that we have, I pray that you would help us to be engaged in, uh, in the mission of reaching people for the cause of Christ. And so I pray that you'd help us. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning. If you know Christ as your personal Savior, what a, what a great testimony. But if you're here this morning and you don't know that if you died today, you'd go to heaven, let me pray for you today. Say, Pastor, I'm unsure. I don't know if I died right now that I'd go to heaven. I'm concerned about it. Pray for me. Just slip your hand up. I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you, but I'll pray for you. Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved, but I'm concerned about it. Pray for me. All right. No hands are lifted. So I'm going to assume that every person in this auditorium is saved. Maybe here this morning, and one of these, one of these places the Lord put his finger on in your life, whether it's redemption and sharing the good news, whether it's restoration and fixing some relationships or whether it's recovery and trying to, to help recover lost souls and lives that have been broken, whatever the Lord put on your heart this morning, let's respond to it. Father, you know the needs of each heart. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. Give us direction. Help us, Lord, to respond to your will in our lives. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. If the Lord spoke to your heart this morning, the altars are open. You come. You respond. Make a decision. Don't just passively allow it to go through your mind. Let's do something about it. If you're not saved this morning, you come. We'll have someone take the Bible and show you what God has to say about you going to heaven. Maybe you're, you're here this morning and have not followed the Lord in believer's baptism. We have everything ready. You come. You need to, be, you need to join the church or whatever decision. Let's make those decisions today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.